Once again, it's Friday, 6 p.m. Hopefully you're out of work and you're on your way home or you're already there getting ready to go out for the evening and have a little fun. You're tuned in to Louie Live and I'm your host, Louie, and we are definitely live. Going to start your weekend off here with a song by The Killers. This is called All These Things. And we got one rule to watch, listen to my show, and that's you got to have a loud stereo, and the time to turn it up is right about now.
that was The Killers with a song called All the Things That I Have Done. I tell you, if I ever had to list all of the things that I've done in my lifetime, I could probably write a book. And that's about the only thing that I haven't done yet. So maybe I'll save that for when I retire someday. But I'll probably never retire either. I'm one of those people that when I do take a day off and I don't have a million things scheduled to do, I feel pretty guilty. My wife says, you need to just learn to unwind. Well, we've been gone for a couple of weeks. We flew out to the West Coast to visit our kids and our grandkids. And it was my grandson Adam's first birthday. So we had to be there for the cake smashing party. That's always a lot of fun. See these little babies, they're a year old and they're sitting there eating this great big cake and they're smashing it up and they got frosting all over themselves from head to toe. And we had a photographer and she did an excellent job taking pictures of this all. Myself, I've had a photography business on the side, but I can't really take pictures and be in them at the same time. Actually, I can, but... I took the time off and they hired a photographer and it was all good. So, but like I say, that was a lot of fun and we were out on the West Coast for 12 days. Weather was beautiful as always in Thousand Oaks, California. And we got to go down to Malibu Beach, which is right next door a few times and hang out in Calabasas for a while and eat at some of the places there and do some shopping. It's good to come home though, isn't it? California is a beautiful place. It's so big, it's like being on the moon when you're driving your car out there. It's, I mean, you can be out in the desert and there's not a blade of grass anywhere and you swear that you're out on the moon. Kind of an eerie feeling at times. But Vermont has its own good qualities too. We flew back in the other night, Monday got postponed in Washington, D.C. because of all the traffic down there with the impeachment process going on. So the flight crew was going to be delayed in their arrival. So they delayed the flight by two and a half hours. And then, lo and behold, the flight crew shows up on time. So we couldn't have just taken off at regular time because they had already changed it on the board. So the crew was there sitting on the plane for about two and a half hours waiting to take off and we were all sitting there. And when you're in the Washington airport after 10 p.m., there's not really anything to get to eat there because everything is pretty much closed. So by the time we flew into Burlington, Vermont, God's country, it was about one o'clock in the morning. And then they couldn't get the ramp up to the plane to open the door to let us out of the plane. I mean, here we'd been up since like about six in the morning traveling. And here it is one o'clock in the morning. And we're back home in Burlington, Vermont. And they can't get the ramp up to the door of the plane to let us out. 
So they had to get the mechanics out there. And after about a half an hour, they finally got it to function and we got off the plane. And by the time we got home, it was probably about 2 o'clock a.m. And that wasn't a very fun day. But I've usually had pretty lucky times flying in the past. There's only a few times that I've had incidents like that. One time we were sitting here in New York getting ready to take off to California and there was a big storm coming from the West Coast. So we literally sat in the airport from around 10 a.m. till about midnight before we actually got to take off from New York to California. And we had our two granddaughters with us at the time. And they were actually probably taking it better than I was. <laughs> but like I say, you know, most of the other times that I've ever flown in my 60-year history, it's all been pretty good. And sure beats driving a car out there 3,000 miles. So you can't really complain, can you? So we're back here. We haven't been on the air for a couple of weeks. It's a live call-in show, but the phone line isn't working because we're having a new system put in to the studio. So hopefully next week, the phone lines will be back up and running and we can take some calls. I always tell people you can go to my uh, Facebook group, Louie Live, and join that. And I encourage everyone to do so if you're a musician, because it's a good place to showcase your music. And you can always come on the show anytime. Just give me a holler. We'll get you on here. We've had some talented people here in the past on. And next thing you know, they're out on the road again, down to Nashville or out to the West Coast. My friend Chad Hollister. He says, Louie, give me a holler whenever you want me to come on the show. I'll come on. I'll bring a guitar. We'll play out some songs. We're going to get Chad on here someday. Have to give him a holler. He's always out on the road somewheres. So there's so much going on in the world right now. And most of it is just an illusion. Because, as I've always said, 90% of the things that you ever worry about never happen. And the other 10% is just BS. Isn't that true, though? You think about that, about all the things over the course of your lifetime that you've worried about. And did they actually ever happen? The worst case scenarios. People always think about the worst case scenario. And does it ever come to life? Not really. Probably about 90% of the time, the worst case scenario never happens. Luckily, thank God, knock on wood, right? But so much going on in the world, political, Democrats are trying to impeach President Donald Trump. They had the hearings on television this week. You ever notice when President Trump is on television giving a speech, 
They basically only show it on Fox News Channel. All the other channels, they're never going to show President Trump giving a speech unless it's actually the State of the Union address. But this week, during the impeachment trials, or the beginning of it, it was on like every single channel, all day and night. ABC, CBS, NBC, CNN, MSNBC, even the Fox News Channel. They had a variety of witnesses, but they didn't have any evidence of anything. We'll get to that in a minute here. We'll start off with some local news like we always do and then kind of branch off to national things and worldly things. This article right here, it says Vermont Electric Co-op seeks a rate increase. Well, that's a no-brainer, isn't it? It says uh, two Vermont electric co-ops are seeking a rate increase from state regulators. Washington Electric Co-op is proposing a nearly 6% rate increase for next year. The utility says the reasons for the 5.95% rate increase are required funds to meet lender ratio requirements. Compensation for lost revenue due to net metering installations pushed power cost increase and normal operations and management costs. It says Vermont Electric Co-op filed for a 3.29% rate increase. And an increase still needs approval from the Public Utility Commission. Well, 3.29 might be modest in some people's opinion. 5.95% increase is definitely high in everybody's opinion. But it says it's for lost revenue due to net metering installations. Well, they want to put in all these smart meters. And then that way they can let go of all the people that actually physically come to your property and take a meter reading. Putting them out of jobs. So I don't really have my approval on that talks about required funds to meet lender ratio requirements. One thing that bothers me is the fact that every time I turn on the news, these electric companies are saying how they want to give you a refund when you buy an electric vehicle or an electric bicycle. I mean, they just put out this statement saying how they don't have money to cover their operating cost. So how can they be giving out refunds to people to purchase electric vehicles and electric bicycles? These things have to be charged have to plug them 
into the wall to charge them up. And in the city of Burlington, for instance, they have the generating plant on the Beltline. And it's powered by wood. So what they do is they chop down all of these trees, right? Trees that are supposedly controlling climate change. They say without these trees, the carbon footprint's gonna expand. And some of these people like AOC, who seems to be the leader of the Democratic Party right now, and not Nancy Pelosi, right? She's saying we have 12 years until climate change kicks in and we're all dead. I don't know where she gets her facts from. Maybe she was sitting under one of these trees and a pine cone fell down, hit her in the head or something, right? <laughs> We're all going to die in 12 years according to AOC and the Democrat Party. I don't understand how one day this woman is a taco waitress. They get her to run for political office, unopposed. Only 15,000 people came out to vote. And she got into office, starting pay of about $180,000 a year. And she's complaining that that's not enough money. Well, $180,000 a year at taxpayer expense salary is not enough money for her. But yet, she was able to make it living on the salary of a taco waitress, plus tips. I'm assuming she got tips, right, as a taco waitress? But as I was saying, it's people like her that are telling us that climate change is going to kill us all. The carbon footprint is going to expand. Because one of the reasons they say is that we don't have enough trees. We have too many people, according to Bernie Sanders. A lot of them are preaching about abortion, especially People in third world countries, Bernie Sanders says. To me, that's genocide. Those are the same words of Hitler, Mussolini, Stalin, all of the dictator, mass murderers of the past. Bernie's saying that overpopulation is going to kill us all because we have carbon monoxide coming out of our mouths. Well, that's what the trees breathe in, they sell it. Trees breathe in carbon monoxide, and they breathe out oxygen, which we take in. So we basically need the trees to survive. And some people are saying, we have to plant more trees. That's the solution. Not aborting everybody, according to the Democrats. They say we should just abort everybody who doesn't really have any purpose on this planet. Especially people in third world countries. That's what Bernie Sanders says. You know, Hitler and all those guys felt the same way. But like I was saying, 
these electric companies in Vermont, and I'm sure everywhere across the United States and around the world, they want increases in their budget. They want to increase your electric bill. But they will give you a discount on your bill, and they will write you a check to go buy an electric car or a bicycle. And like I was saying, you have to charge up these electric vehicles using electricity. And right here in Burlington, Vermont, they cut down all of the trees and they burn them to create electricity so you can plug your car in and charge it up and somewhere in your crazy mind thinking that you're saving the planet by driving an electric vehicle and you're not using a gasoline engine. Most gasoline engines run pretty clean nowadays. They're very f efficient. Electric vehicles, when they first created them back in the days of Henry Ford, you could charge up an electric vehicle and drive it for like 1,200 miles on one charge. But now you have a vehicle like a Tesla, which costs you $100,000 or so. And these vehicles get like, what, 200 miles per charge? You know, we're living in the 21st century now, folks. What's going on? Why is it that a vehicle, an electric vehicle, in the days when Henry Ford was first starting producing vehicles, why is it you could charge up an electric vehicle and get 1,200 miles per charge? And those vehicles were probably like, what, two or $300? Probably like two or $300, do you believe that? And today we're in the 21st century and you go buy a Tesla for $100,000 or so and you're gonna charge it up and you're only gonna get about 200 miles per charge. Something wrong, folks. Somebody's been playing tricks with you. But like I said, maybe you want to contact Bernie Sanders and AOC, anybody in the Democrat Party, and tell them, say, hey, uh, we don't need to be aborting human beings. We don't need to be especially going after people in third world countries because I guess Bernie thinks he's better than they are. It must be. He particularly said people from third world countries. No, sir, we don't need that, Mr. Sanders. What we do need is probably to start growing more trees. Stop cutting down the rainforest. Stop cutting down the trees in Vermont to burn them at the wood chip plant right on the Beltline here in Burlington, Vermont. Coal is very abundant. We have the technology to use it very efficiently. There's such a thing as clean coal. And even nowadays, so much waste out there is plastic. This is the problem with society, folks. Nobody really stays home and cooks anymore. 
Everybody eats fast food takeout. You can go to McDonald's or Burger King or any of these places. And it costs so much to produce this plastic. And then you just take it home. It's all wrapped up in your burger and whatnot. Your fountain drinks, your straws. And then we just throw it in the garbage. Because nobody wants to stay home and cook anymore. Nobody wants to wash dishes anymore. Everybody has a dishwasher. You think about the amount of waste in producing a dishwasher. All of the plastic and the metal. Just because people don't want to wash dishes anymore. But I'm sure that we have the technology nowadays in the 21st century that we can burn all of this wasteful plastic, such as fountain cups, napkins, plastic straws, plastic silverware, the plastic bags that it comes in, or paper bags. We have the technology that we can burn all of this material, this waste, and create energy with it, clean energy. There's no need in taking all of this garbage out in the middle of the ocean and dumping it. And then you see these videos from people around the world showing their coastlines are all polluted with plastic and all types of garbage washing ashore from the ocean. We're a lot better than that, folks. We don't need to do this anymore. You know, somebody needs to go out there and start cleaning up the oceans and bringing it all in here and recycling it and burning it and turning it into clean energy. That's what we need to do, folks. So, having said all of that, first half hour of the show is about burned up. Speaking of burning things, we're going to uh, go to another song here. How about a little bush with a song called Machine Head? Once again, you're tuned in to Louie Live, and I'm your host, Louie, and we are definitely live. And this is a good song. You're going to want to crank it up for this one, and this will definitely get your Friday night started.
And that was Bush with a song called Machine Head. One thing about my show is I always announce who the song is by. You listen to a lot of radio stations and most of them, they'll play a song. They don't even tell you who it is before or afterwards. And a lot of times it'll be a song you haven't heard in a long time if you're listening to a classic rock station. So you're thinking, wow, I haven't heard that song in a long time, and I know who it is. It's right at the tip of my tongue. So then it's going to drive you crazy, right? So what I usually do is I'll go on YouTube, you know, type a couple sentences of the song into the search, and it'll bring it up. But you shouldn't have to do that. You know, everybody out there who's listening to a radio station right now, you can follow my lead and see, like I said, we'll even tell you who's playing the song at the beginning over the end. That kind of bothers me, folks. People, if you're going to play music, at least announce who the song is by. Give the artist some credit. Artists, they need all the credit they can get. That's why most of them are starving artists because they don't announce whose song it is they're playing, so you don't know who it is, so you can go purchase their song. It's not much to ask, is it, folks? On my show, Louie Live, we always tell you who you're listening to before and after the song because I support artists. Got to give everybody their due. All right, so where are we going to go from there? One thing we haven't heard much about is immigration, whether it's legal or not. Before this impeachment stuff all kicked in, that's all you saw in the news. People trying to come into the United States illegally across the southern border. They're coming across the northern border a lot too, folks, right here from Montreal, Canada, right into the Vermont, God's country. But they don't talk about that much. When you do hear about it, you'll see that the Border Patrol is stopping people, checking cars, looking for illegal immigrants, people smuggling guns and drugs in the United States by way of Canada through Vermont. That's what their job is. Border Patrol pull over people if they have suspicions that they're coming into this country illegally, especially carrying guns and drugs. But, you turn on the news, there's Senator Patrick Leahy, Peter Welch, all the Democrats running the state of Vermont, Mayor Mira Weinberger, Bernie Sanders, all complaining about Border Patrol doing their jobs. 
Patrick Leahy will say, well, I don't think they should be stopping people that are further than five to ten miles away from the Canadian border. What is it to Patrick Leahy? Huh? What is it to Patrick Leahy? According to Seven Days Newspaper, you can go to their archives, folks. Like I say, don't take my word for it. It's out there. You probably read it. I'm sure it's in their archives. If it's not, you can contact Seven Days Newspaper and ask them about the article they did just about a year or so ago, I think, saying that Senator Patrick Leahy, who represents the state of Vermont, purchased a home in Virginia in 1978. Well, that's okay. He's a busy man. When he's in session, you can't be expected to travel to Vermont every day from Washington, D.C. So he purchases a home in Virginia. That's okay. That's his right. But when he claims residency in Virginia, that is totally fraudulent, folks. According to the law in the state of Vermont, if you are going to hold a political office, you have to claim residency in the state of Vermont. And you have to reside in the state of Vermont for over six months out of the year. The House and the Senate folks are not in session for over six months out of the year. So, it is possible for Senator Leahy, Peter Welch, Bernie Sanders to live in Vermont for over six months out of the year. And it is mandatory that they claim residence in the state of Vermont. If you want to buy a house in Virginia or California, New York, that's your business. It's a free country. But the claim residency there makes you a fraud. And he should be prosecuted for fraud, Senator Patrick Leahy. And he should pay back the people of Vermont who paid his salary and his administration's salary since 1978. It's like 40 years. Can you imagine that? For like 40 years, Senator Patrick Leahy has been claiming residency in the state of Vermont while he's representing the state of Vermont. I mean, claiming residency, I'm sorry, in Virginia while representing Vermont. Just imagine the people that actually claim residency in Vermont who would be honored to represent the state of Vermont. They deserve that seat in the Senate, not Senator Leahy. So, like I tell people, if this is the case, and according to a seven days newspaper it is, I have no respect for this person or the Democrat party that tolerates it.
and his opinion means nothing to me, folks. So he doesn't even count. But like I was saying, there's people trying to come into the United States illegally over the northern border or the southern border. And then there's people who want to come to America and live the American dream the legal way. And if you come here the legal way, I say more power to you. You did the right thing. You know, I myself, if I wanted to go live in Greece or Paris or the United Kingdom, I would be honored if they accepted me. I would assimilate to their culture. I would be happy to show them my culture. But I would not try to break into a country illegally and then demand that they do not display their flag because it offends me. I have a problem with anybody that comes to the United States illegally and demands rights because they have none. And if my flag offends them, then they can just turn right around and go back to where they come from. And if my culture offends them and they don't want to assimilate, then they can go back to where they came from. And I, for one, folks, have always considered myself an American. I'm an independent. I always have been. And that's what you should be. You put America first. You try to show some morals and respect for one another. You try to teach your children these things. You pass down your beliefs to your children so they will continue to honor and love one another and respect one another and continue to make the United States the greatest country there ever was or ever will be. Because it's all about respect. And like I say, these people that do come to Vermont or anywhere in the United States and they show us respect, we'll return it and we will grant them citizenship. Unlike that bunch of BS that wound up to JP, huh, where they had all of these foreign investors and they were promising them citizenship. And then all of a sudden, there was hundreds of millions of dollars missing and a project got put on standstill. And then Attorney General of Vermont, Bill Sorrell at the time, this is what really bothers me, folks. At the time, Attorney General Bill Sorrell goes on the news and he says, even though there's hundreds of dollars missing from this project, nobody's going to jail. What? What? What the heck did he say? Even though there's hundreds of millions of dollars missing, nobody is going to go to jail? Wow. Something totally wrong there, folks. 
And then the next thing you know, Bill Sorrell just kind of retired, like they always do. And T.J. Donovan assumed the position of Attorney General. And I'm not so crazy about him either, folks. I think they're trying to sweep the whole thing under the rug. But like I was saying, getting back to people coming to the United States legally. This article says Vermont naturalization ceremony becomes a lesson for local students. 16 Vermont residents officially became U.S. citizens during a naturalization ceremony in Shelburne, Vermont, this past Wednesday. In a room full of family, community members, and students of the Lake Champlain Waldorf School, 16 men and women originally from nine different countries declared an oath to become U.S. citizens. They took an oath. I feel great. I feel like this is a big accomplishment, and I am very proud of this moment, said Ali Tomoshensky, one of the new citizens. I am so happy to be U.S. citizenship, added Muna Pradhan. The ceremony filled with singing and American flags put an end to the long legal immigration process for these new American citizens. It says, it is by welcoming and integrating people from around the world that the United States has become the vibrant and diverse country that it is today, said Chief U.S. Bankruptcy Judge for the District of Vermont, Honorable Colin Brown. That is very true. People from around the world integrating become the vibrant and diverse country that it is today. The melting pot. We accept people from all over the world, folks, to come here and live the American dream. But you have to do it the proper way. Sometimes it's a long process, but in the end, you've gained United States citizenship. You can stay here till the day you die, and then you can be buried in our soil as an honorable, proud citizen of the United States of America. You never have to worry about going back to a third world country that you came from where there is nothing but devastation, poverty, starvation, and war. I tell people, folks, that you can walk into any grocery store. They've got a whole section of vegetables, produce, fruit and vegetables from around the world, right there at your beck and call. All you have to do is grab a shopping cart and start filling it up. Then you go down to the bakery section. Every type of pie, cake, bread, you can imagine. It's almost as if you died and went to heaven, isn't it? You go down to the meat case, meats from around the world, sushi department, they have a whole aisle 
of just potato chips. Isn't that something? We live in a country that's so great that they have an aisle in the store of just potato chips. Regular potato chips. Sour cream potato chips. Vinegar potato chips. Barbecue potato chips. They have these one type of potato chips. I believe they're called South Carolina chips. And these are barbecued potato chips, but they are also salt and vinegar potato chips. It's a combination of the two. Can you imagine that, folks? We live in such a great country in the world that if you can think it, it's in the store somewhere. It's for sale. It's pretty hard to walk through any store and imagine something and not actually see it there for sale, available for you. Isn't that something? You go into the store, they have a whole aisle of soda drinks, carbonated beverages. They have a whole aisle of wine. Myself, personally, I'm not really a wine drinker. I don't really know one wine from another. But if you were to buy one bottle of every kind of wine in the average wine aisle, in the average grocery store in the United States of America, if you were to buy one bottle of wine every week when you went grocery shopping, you would probably never drink every certain type in that aisle by the time you died. Isn't that something? That's how crazy the United States is. And then if you go out onto the West Coast, they have a whole aisle or two of just different liquors. See, in Vermont, we have liquor stores that's controlled by the state of Vermont. And they have actual liquor stores. But in California, for instance, hard alcohol is sold right in the grocery stores. And they'll have a couple aisles of liquor. And one thing about California, folks, I believe the alcohol is like half the price that it is here. One thing that kind of bothers me about Vermont, the government is the largest employer. Pretty much always has been and always will be. Because Vermont's not a friendly business state. It's pretty hard to start a business in Vermont. There's so much red tape and so many loopholes and hurdles to jump over that businesses don't really want to come to Vermont. But, like I said, in California, the liquor is about half the price of it is here in Vermont. These people are starting up breweries here. There's like one on every corner now. There's a distillery on every corner in Vermont. And you can go into a store and get like a six pack of beer for let's say $6, about a dollar a bottle on the average. But you get all of these microbreweries in Vermont and a lot of them folks, they don't filter their beer. 
You see in the bottom of the bottle is a lot of sludge. It's dirty. They don't filter it. A lot of them don't carbonate it. So you're drinking flat beer. And some of these people are charging about $50 for a six-pack of beer. And basically all it is is water, little sugar, and some hops. Now myself, I've been making beer and wine all myself pretty much for the last 30 years or so. So I know what it costs to make beer and wine, and it doesn't really cost a heck of a lot. But when I said you can go into a store and buy a six-pack of beer for let's say about six dollars and then there's the vermont beers that go right up to like fifty dollars for a six pack you imagine that folks i would never even think of taking advantage of people that way and as far as the distilleries go You can go into a liquor store and buy like a 12-year-old bottle of scotch in Vermont for about $30, $35 a bottle on the average, right? 12-year-old bottle of scotch in a Vermont liquor store. Probably about $35 a bottle on the average. In California, it's about half of that price. But in Vermont... There's a distillery on every corner now. And these people are selling a fifth of liquor for about 55 to $60 a bottle on the average. And I've seen some distilleries in Vermont. They can sell liquor on the average of like $90 a bottle. And they'll have other bottles that are about $500 a bottle. And then they have other bottles of their whiskey, which goes for close to $1,000 a bottle. Myself personally, folks, I know what it takes to make liquor. There's a lot of distilleries in Vermont. You can go there and take a tour. And there is not one bottle of alcohol on the planet Earth that is worth $1,000 a bottle. Because once again, it doesn't cost a lot to make alcohol. It's basically water, sugar, scotch for instance is barley, rye whiskey, it's made out of rye. You have Kentucky bourbon. Bourbon by law has to be 51% corn, which Moonshine is made out of corn, so basically bourbon is just glorified moonshine aged in oak barrels and whatnot, and they add flavorings to it. So I encourage people to go to these breweries and these distilleries and take a tour and see just what it takes and what it costs to make alcohol. And then when you see companies coming to Vermont and they're making whiskey and they're selling it for like $1,000 a bottle, I don't support businesses like that. 
when I see people selling a six pack of beer made in Vermont for about $50 a six pack, I don't support businesses like that either, folks, and I don't encourage anyone to. People like that I boycott. And you know who they are, and I know who they are. I just think it's a sad thing when people come to Vermont and take advantage of Vermont's reputation of being a small state where people thrive to make their products the best that they can with the highest quality that they can. So that's what I say, folks. We're going to be moving on and playing another song here. And then I'm going to be starting the second hour of my podcast. And you can go on the internet and type in Louie Live. And it'll bring up my podcast. And I'm on about 10 different platforms or show. Seems like everybody and their cousin does podcasting nowadays, don't they? It's a good thing. If you have something to say, that's what it's all about. We're going to uh, play a song here by Aerosmith. And I'm going to switch over my recordings because I'm a one-man army here. And when it's over, I'll come back and we'll start the second hour of the show and the second hour of our podcast. And like I said, you're listening to Louie Live and I'm your host, Louie, and we are definitely live. Guess we can go into uh, some political aspects of what's happening here in the United States of America. Even though the preliminary impeachment process is just beginning and it's not on the television anymore. They kind of wrapped it up the other day. Wasn't much going on anyhow. But it's all been basically one-sided. You got Adam Schiff, chairman of the impeachment committee, and a few other committees. One thing I'd just like to point out to people is that all of these committees got new chairmen, such as Adam Schiff, Maxine Waters. And their main goal was to impeach Donald Trump and investigate Donald Trump and find out anything that he has ever done since the day he was born that they could use against him in a court of law to impeach him. And they openly said that, folks. They, honest to God, said that when they took over power, they were going to do everything in their power every single day from the morning they wake up to the morning they go to bed, according to Maxine Waters, to impeach Donald Trump. And they all say it. Congressman Taib, she swore her oath and turned right around and looked at the cameras and said, now we're going to impeach this mother effer 
President Trump. You know, in my opinion, folks, if John F. Kennedy were here, and today is the anniversary of 53 years ago today, folks, that John F. Kennedy was assassinated because people didn't like what he was all about either. And if John F. Kennedy were here today, folks, he would realize just how badly his party, the Democrats, have turned to socialism, progressive, communism. Because socialism and communism is pretty much the same thing. John F. Kennedy, if he today was running for president of the United States, along with the other dozen candidates, they wouldn't even let him on a stage. They would boo John F. Kennedy off the stage because John F. Kennedy had the slogan, ask not what your country can do for you, but rather what you can do for your country. That was his saying. That's what he believed. But nobody nowadays in the Democratic Party wants to do anything for their country. They're all asking what their country can do for them. They all believe in socialism. Bernie Sanders says that bread lines are good. They're all in denial about what's going on in Venezuela. They don't even want to talk about it. You can't even ask them a question about socialism in Venezuela and what a failure it is. How their money is worthless and people are literally starving to death. But they don't show that on the news, folks, because the liberal media is in bed with the Democrat Party. And John F. Kennedy, he believed in decreasing taxes. He did. It's a well-known fact. He believed that by decreasing taxes, you could stimulate the economy. You could give business people faith and confidence to start a company and expand their company and to thrive. But nowadays, it's not like that at all. John F. Kennedy would be out of the race by now, folks. They all believe in afterbirth abortion, which is murder, which John F. Kennedy did not believe in at all whatsoever. It's amazing how time changes things, isn't it? I think the stress of life that people are under nowadays makes them turn to socialism because they figure, well, if I could just stand in a bread line and get a loaf of bread to eat for the day, and if we can tax all of the billionaires so I could live in subsidized housing and I don't have to go to work, I'll just lay around the house all day and eat my loaf of bread provided to me by the millionaires and billionaires of the world. 
Well, you know, folks, according to statistics, if you were to tax all of the billionaires in the United States, 70% of their assets, according to Bernie Sanders, or 80%, according to Alexandria Cortez, also known as AOC. She wants to tax people 80%. Bernie wants to tax people 70%. They say just the billionaires. But you know, folks, it's going to be right across the board. Everybody. Except for illegal immigrants who are going to be living off of you and me. Because all of the Democrat candidates running for president say they will immediately drop the borders. And there would be no more United States of America after that, folks. You wouldn't recognize the United States of America. But as I was saying, according to statistics, if you were to tax all of the billionaires in the United States, it would only come up to about $8 trillion dollars right? $8 trillion. Now, according to the plan that Bernie Sanders has and AOC and all of the Democrats, their plans were $100 trillion plus. But even the craziest people were thinking, that's a lot of money, folks. We're in the year 2019, and we have a deficit of approximately $22 trillion. And here these guys are talking about adding another $100 plus trillion. Craziest person in the world, folks, has got a little bit of logic in their head. They're not going to buy that. So then all of a sudden they're dropping it down to like $40 trillion. Bernie Sanders was at, not this last debate, but the one before, and he confronted Elizabeth Warren saying that her $40 trillion health care plan, Medicare for all, free education, was going to cost approximately $40 trillion, and Bernie confronted her and he said that's going to be taxing everybody and people were going to look at their paycheck and see that it was the biggest chunk out of their paycheck every week that's not even realistic folks 40 trillion dollars Joe Biden said the same thing at least I'll give him credit for that. The fact that Joe Biden and Bernie comes out and says everybody is going to have to pay. Because like I said, if you were to tax all the billionaires in the United States, you're only going to collect $8 trillion. Not $40 trillion, Not $100 trillion plus. Which is probably actually what it would cost. Much closer to $100 trillion. 
people are definitely going to be moving their money off for sure, wouldn't you think so? All of these billionaires they want to tax. Most people's money is offshore as it is now. Apple computers, I read an article right here last year, saying that they have roughly $250 billion spare change kicking around just to play with. Can you imagine that? That's why those phones are $1,000 a piece, folks. They're made in China with slave labor, probably slave child labor. Probably cost about a dollar, if that, to produce a smartphone in China. And then they turn around and they sell it to you for about $1,000. I don't support businesses like that either, folks. But like I was saying, I read an article right here last year. Apple Computer has approximately $250 billion pocket change to just play with. And they said out of that $250 billion, only about $30 billion out of that $250 billion is actually in the banks in the United States of America. So, if a Democrat becomes president, right, and you want to tax them $8 trillion, they're going to move all of their money out of the United States of America. They will. And you know I'm not telling a fib about that one either. They will move all of their money and all of their jobs out of the United States of America. And the price of that smartphone is still going to be the same, folks. It's not going to make any difference to them. And it's still going to be created in countries like China using child labor, using slave labor. They don't really have any EPA laws over there, folks. You see videos of people in China. The air is so polluted, they're walking around with mask on their face so they don't have to breathe in the pollution but you know folks pollution goes right through those masks you'd have to have a very complicated mask to keep out the pollution and a little paper or a cloth mask isn't going to do the job that's one thing about climate change folks whether you believe it or not you look at the United States, we have about probably approximately 350 million people in the United States. And then you look at countries like China and India. And I believe that these countries have over 1 billion people each in their countries. And thanks to Bill Clinton and NAFTA, They've been producing all of our products, basically, with child and slave labor, making all of our profits for decades since Bill Clinton created NAFTA. These people over there, they're sitting on piles of money. 
like I said, Apple phones claims they have $250 billion in pocket change just to play with. Imagine the money that they have collected over the decades. When NAFTA was created, it sucked all of the production jobs out of the United States, folks. That's a fact. Everybody knows it. Nobody can deny it. So let me just say this. What if a Democrat becomes president of the United States and they drop the borders and anybody can come here and just buy property as much as they want and never have to worry about leaving? So let's say, for instance, that China and India each have one billion people. Now let's say 10% of the population is rich and they want to come to the United States. They want to buy property and they want to start businesses. They want to push people out of their houses and they want to take over your neighborhood because that's happening, folks. Look around you, you can see it. You could walk into a store and hear a lot of different languages being spoken. And there's a lot of people buying properties and starting businesses. And that's okay if you came here illegally. But like I say, if a Democrat becomes a president, and let's say China and India each had 10% of their population, the wealthy people, and it's probably higher than 10%. That is fair to do, right? Wealthy, able to come over here and buy properties and live the American dream. So that would be approximately 100 million people from China and 100 million people from India moving right into the United States. That's 200 million people at the least, folks. I'm sure there's more people than that that could come over here, but that's like 200 million people. Now, the population of the United States is about 350 million people. So do the math. These people are wealthy, they have business degrees, they have PhDs. I saw a show on 60 Minutes saying how 66% of the people that come to the United States from China have PhDs. Well, that's pretty much a guaranteed annual income of a half a million dollars a year or so, folks, wouldn't you say? So yeah, they can move right into your neighborhood and build multi-million dollar houses and drive up the comps in that area. And that would raise your property tax. And you wouldn't be able to afford to live in your house anymore, so you would have to sell it to one of them and move out. And you're seeing a lot of that in California. 
People can't afford to live in California. You drive around the place and I swear, you know, I'm not being a racist or anything. I'm just being God's honest with you. You drive around California and it's basically all rich Asian people. And then you'll see a lot of Hispanic people that are probably there illegally. And they're there mowing their lawns. You see that a lot in Irvine, California. A lot of houses are being built, multi-million dollar houses by the Chinese, and they're just sitting there empty. And that raises up your property. And guess what, folks? You can't afford to live there anymore, and you gotta move out. And you see a lot of people in California living in the streets because number one, there isn't any affordable housing if you want to get into an apartment complex, you want to put your name on a waiting list, there isn't any. I've checked into this, folks. They have actually closed down the waiting list in most of Southern California. They're not even taking applications anymore to move into apartment complexes because there's just so many people looking for housing pretty bad, isn't it? And you could thank the Democrats for that because the Democrats are running the state of California right into the ground. And it's really pathetic how you see these people living in the streets amongst filth and people that have alcohol and drug issues. And then they show there's rats living in the streets amongst them spreading diseases because that's what rats are known for, spreading disease. You have all of these diseases that we haven't seen in 50 years coming back into the United States because of illegal governments bringing them in. People coming to the United States that don't have their vaccination shots. People spreading diseases through drug use. It's pretty pathetic, folks. They have all these diseases like tuberculosis. They even have cases of leprosy in the streets of Los Angeles, the wealthiest country in the United States, where all of these movie stars live in these beautiful mansions. California is in the red, probably, I don't even know how many billions of dollars. Apparently none of these people, these rich movie stars and whatnot, are paying their share of taxes, I guess, right? It's pretty sad. But like I say, people move to the United States and they're rich. And they're buying all of this real estate. They're building all of these multi-million dollar homes. They don't care if the price of gasoline is 4 to $5 a gallon. They don't care, they're millionaires. They don't care about the average person trying to live the American dream. And I think they're gonna have to do something about it one of these days, folks. But like I do say, if a Democrat becomes the president and they drop the borders and anybody can move here from any country and they'll bring their wealth with them, 
I mean, who wouldn't want to come to the United States and live on the beach in California? And one thing they will do is raise the cost of living so that you can't afford to live in your neighborhood anymore. You ever seen that movie Grand Torino with Clint Eastwood? These immigrants all move into his neighborhood and he's sitting out on the porch and they're sitting out on their porch and the old lady says to him, why don't you move? She says, all of you other Americans have moved out of the neighborhood. Why don't you move? You know, we should all be able to live together. Wasn't that Martin Luther King's dream? To all live together in peace? So like I say, you just do the math. Use a little bit of logic. Think to yourself, if a Democrat gets voted into the president's office and if they take over the House and the Senate, they will drop all the borders, rip up the Constitution. It's what they say, folks. I'm not making this up. Everybody's seen it on TV. They've heard it on the radio. They want to rip up the Constitution, drop the borders. If you've got a measly 100 million people moving here from China, you got a measly... 100 million people moving here from India. That's not even mentioned anybody coming here from the USSR. That's a big, powerful nation too, folks. Germany, the UK, wealthy people from around the world. You see them at Disney World. You ever been to Disney World? I don't even know if anybody speaks English there anymore. There's just so many languages. Rich people from around the world come to the United States to go to Disney World. Imagine if we dropped the borders and they could just move here with all their money. Move right into your neighborhood. They'd buy up all the real estate for investments. Your property tax would go up. You'd have to sell your home. You'd have to move out. Where are you going to move? I saw this show on television a while ago. And this is proof right here. They're saying that people who retire, they're living on a fixed income. They should move to the island of Belize. Maybe you saw this show. Proves my point. They're saying that if you can't afford to live in the United States anymore, especially in states that are controlled by the Democrats like New York, Vermont, California, Places where you need a high income just to get by. If you can't afford that anymore, they're saying how you should move to the island of Belize because they're saying how, like the average person, for instance, they might make like around sixteen or $1,800 a month collecting Social Security. That's hard to live on, isn't it, folks? Sixteen to $1,800 a month, Social Security. But they're saying how on average, it costs about $1,200 a month to live on the island of Belize comfortably. So if you had another $600 or so to live on every month, you could afford to live fairly comfortably on the island of Belize. That's what they're encouraging people to do. You know, after you've been forced out of your neighborhood, and if you don't want to live in the street... 
than move to a country like Belize. A lot of people are moving to Portugal. You ever notice that too? That's become a real popular place to live. Doesn't cost a lot to live there. Plenty of housing, I suppose. Climate is nice, kind of tropical. But there will come a time when the Democrats will gain control. And God help us all. If they do rip up the Constitution and drop the borders, this country will be flooded with rich people from around the world. And they will buy up all of the real estate. And you will be forced out of your home. Sounds scary, folks, but it's true. It's like I said, they did a show on it through 60 Minutes saying that 66% of the Chinese people alone, Chinese people alone, folks, have PhDs. Like I said, you go out to California, go to Irvine in particular, you'll see they're building all of these homes, these multi-million dollar homes, and they're sitting there empty. Nobody's even living in them, folks. It's just an investment for them. But like I say, the average person living in Irvine, their taxes are getting raised because their properties are being reevaluated. And they're going to be forced to sell and they're all moving out. And it's unfortunate that a lot of them are actually living in the streets. It's like I say, it's all you see in California, rich Asians and Hispanic people that are mowing their lawns, cleaning in their swimming pools. And that doesn't make me a racist for saying these things, folks. It makes me a realist. And if you don't believe me, take a little trip out to California. You'll see it for yourselves. And it's spreading. Mostly in states that are run by Democrats. We're going to go to a song by the Jay Giles Band. It's another oldie but a goodie, and this song is called Back to Get You from 1973. And you're definitely going to want to turn it up for this one, folks. Once again, you're tuned in to Louie Live, and I'm your host, Louie, and we are definitely live.
All right, and that was a song from the Jay Giles Band called Back to Get You from 1973. Kind of makes you feel old, doesn't it? <laughs> that was on the Double Live Blow Your Face Out album, I believe. I think I had that cassette a couple, two or three times and just came up missing. One thing you don't do is have a lot of parties and people come over and sometimes they lift your music. You ever notice that? Eight Tarts was easy for people to put into their pocket and walk out the door with, I guess. But, hey, who can really blame them, huh? It was one of the best albums that there ever was by the Jay Guile Band. So where do we go from there? We got about eh, maybe... 10, 15 minutes left before my good buddy Jerome P. Alamody comes in, founder of North Star Radio. Usually has his crew comes in with him and uh, they'll sit around and do some rapping from 8 to 10 every Friday night. Very talented people too, I tell you. Don't listen to this music on these bubblegum stations, right? That's not really rap music. You listen to these guys every Friday night, 8 to 10. They'll introduce you to some real rap music, I tell you. And these guys are talented. They can lay it down pretty good themselves. So, where do we go from there? Let's switch over to politics, right? The swamp, Washington, D.C. It's all one-sided. Like I said, these committees were formed before... Donald Trump even stepped into office as the President of the United States. It was Obama and hit his administration. Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, right? They put these committees together. They put people like Maxine Waters in charge. Adam Schiff, the head of the impeachment committee. All one-sided. They have three or four witnesses with all hearsay evidence. They're all hell-bent about this phone call that President Trump would had with the President of Ukraine. And they had two different people listening to it, putting it down into a transcripts. And they compare the transcripts after to see how accurate they are. And they are. So there's no way that you could really change these transcripts. And then you have about a dozen or so people listening in on the other lines to make sure that everything is up and up and there is no quid pro quo. No blackmail going on to hold back their aid to the Ukrainians. Unlike Joe Biden when he was the vice president and Obama was the president, that's all over YouTube, folks. You can watch the video where Joe Biden is sitting on stage with a couple people and he's bragging about how, you know, they had a committee that was investigating his son, Hunter Biden, sitting on the committees of these energy companies over there, as was John Kerry's relatives, Nancy Pelosi's relatives, Whitey Bulger, he had a son or a nephew 
on a committee over there. Can you imagine that? This guy is a hitman who died recently. This guy was part of the mafia. He was a hitman. Killed I don't even know how many people. They finally caught him in San Francisco, but they put him in prison where he died. But, you know, this is a vicious serial killer. And he even had a relative on one of these committees for these energy companies over in Ukraine. And President Trump did not tell any of them, if you do not investigate Hunter Biden and his father, Joe, we will withhold your financial aid. It's not in the transcripts. Nobody witnessed him saying that. And even if he did, folks, it is his right, it's his responsibility, it is his obligation as the President of the United States of America to investigate anybody that is blackmailing other countries or companies or anybody. Whether Joe Biden was the Vice President, whether he is a political opponent means nothing. This is the obligation of the President of the United States, whether it's Trump or Obama or George W. Bush or Bill Clinton. It's their obligation to investigate anybody that is blackmailing the Ukrainians to put an end to the investigation of his son, Hunter Biden, in order to get their financial aid. He bragged about it, saying, I'm leaving here in about six hours on a plane. If you don't put an end to the investigation, you're not getting your aid money. That's what he said to the Ukrainians. Bragged about it. It's on YouTube. You can watch the video for yourself. And they even said to Joe Biden, this isn't fair. We're not going to tolerate this. We'll call President Obama, and he will give us our financial aid. Well, this is the key point right here that people need to focus on right here, folks. This is the point. Joe Biden, in front of the world's cameras, in front of an audience of people, said to them, go ahead, call Obama, but you're not going to get your aid money. Boom, right there. Right there, folks, is what you need to focus on. Joe Biden said to the Ukrainians, go ahead and call Obama, but you are not going to get your aid money. Which means, right? I'm going to do a little reading between the lines, a little translation here. Kind of like Adam Schiff did with a copy of the transcripts of the phone conversation that President Trump had with the president of Ukraine, right? But this is going to be reading between the lines on the up and up, right? Now, Joe Biden bragged. He said to the people, the Ukrainians, go ahead and call Obama, but you are not going to get your aid money. So what does that translate out to folks? Read between the lines here. It's not rocket scientists. Joe Biden was telling the Ukrainians that Obama was in on this little blackmail thing that he had going on, saying, 
if you don't stop investigating my son Hunter Biden, you are not going to get your money. Apparently, Joe Biden went over this situation, this scenario, with at the time President Obama. He went over the situation with Obama. He had to have. Otherwise, he would not have said, go ahead and call Obama, but you're not going to get your money because Obama put Joe Biden in charge of the situation. Obama gave Joe Biden permission to blackmail the Ukrainians. Obama gave Joe Biden permission to tell the Ukrainians, if you do not stop investigating my son, Hunter Biden, you are not going to get your financial aid. So this tells you right there, folks, this is what we need to focus on. Joe Biden was blackmailing the Ukrainians and he had Obama's permission. And therefore, Joe Biden needs to be investigated. Hunter Biden needs to be investigated. And Obama needs to be investigated. And the entire Obama administration needs to be investigated. This article right here, it says the FBI has asked for an interview with the whistleblower. Supposedly, some person, we don't know who it is, Adam Schiff said during these hearings this week that he had never met with a whistleblower. Which is false because it's been proven that he met with the whistleblower in advance, way in advance, went over this whole situation and basically worked with lawyers, Democrat lawyers, putting together a statement supposedly from the whistleblower to try to take down the President of the United States of America, Donald Trump. Right? There is no whistleblower, folks. Just like every time we get into a situation with the Democrats, like Russia collusion, for instance, they say, well, we have this information from a reliable, anonymous source. Anytime somebody says anonymous source, it's a lie. It's made up lies. According to the Sixth Amendment, a person has the right to confront their accuser. So the President of the United States is being denied his Sixth Amendment right to confront his accuser. Especially when this person has no first-hand evidence. They have hearsay evidence. They pulled some of these so-called witnesses in front of the Congress this week, and we all saw it on every channel. David Holmes, staffer at the U.S. Embassy in Ukraine, right? 
Now, he was in a restaurant, supposedly in Germany, I believe it was. And he overheard Gordon Sondland, who was the U.S. ambassador to the European Union. Okay? So here you have Gordon Sondland, U.S. ambassador to the European Union, on a phone call in a restaurant in Germany, talking to the President of the United States, who was supposedly, let's say, in the White House at Washington, D.C. Now, I don't know about you, but I can only imagine you're in a restaurant, it's really loud, it wasn't on speakerphone, so Mr. Gordon Sondland was talking to the President of the United States, Donald Trump, wasn't even on speakerphone. He had the phone up to his ear. Right? And then there's David Holmes, who's a staffer at the U.S. Embassy in Ukraine. He's sitting in the restaurant, and he's listening to this conversation, and he said he doesn't even really know what the conversation was about, can't make this stuff up, folks. You can't make this stuff up. It was on the TV all week on every channel. He doesn't really know what the conversation was about between Mr. Gordon Sondland and President Trump, but he could hear Trump's voice coming through the phone, and he knew it was President Donald Trump. Really? You're in a loud restaurant, the guy's got the phone up to his ear, and he doesn't know what the conversation is going on over the phone, but he recognizes President Trump's voice. And that right there is enough to give Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff and all of the Democrats reason to impeach the President of the United States of America. that one of the most asinine things you've ever heard in your life? You've got Fiona Hill, who worked several years or more for George Soros, who was a well-known Nazi, a bona fide Nazi, folks, billionaire, trying to destroy the United States of America by using his money and power to influence people and corrupt our system. This guy should be in jail a long time ago, folks, Mr. George Soros. But, you know, her information, not firsthand, not even hearsay, really, but she got a copy of the phone transcript between President Trump and the President of Ukraine she got a copy of the phone transcript when it was available to the public, like you and me. And she read it. And she was upset with it. And she doesn't believe that foreign policy should be dealt with in this manner. And that President Trump isn't fit to be president. And her statement of such things, ridiculous statements, are enough reason for the Democrats to impeach the President of the United States because she doesn't like his foreign policy. 
She never even met the president. None of these people have even met the president of the United States. But they don't like the president's foreign policy. They hate the president of the United States. And they will do anything to remove him from office. And some people are even calling him a treasonous. And they're saying how that is punishable by death. Now, I think anybody that's making statements like this, folks, are a threat to the security of the United States. And they should have a psychiatric evaluation. And it would probably lead to them being locked up in a mental institution. Because these people are obviously disturbed. Right? You got Lieutenant Colonel Vindeman, right? Military man. Can't say nothing against him. He's a military man. Lieutenant Colonel. Even when they called him Mr. Vindeman, he said, don't call me Mr. Vindeman. Refer to me as Lieutenant Colonel. Well, the First Amendment guarantees us the right to call him Mr. Vindeman if we so-called choose so, right? Yeah. But you know, folks, I'm going to wrap it up really quick. Got about a minute. And a lot of it's about money, power, corruption, and the fact that you see Prince Arthur is stepping down from his prince duties over in the United Kingdom. He is great friends with Bill Clinton and Jeffrey Epstein, who didn't kill himself, and the pedophile island they all used to visit. And you have to wonder where their ties are. You know, Charlie Manson, were they involved with Charlie Manson? What about Roman Polanski? I mean, this guy is a rapist who fled the United States. These guys have all been chumming around together for decades. You know, Roman Polanski, he was what married to Sharon Tate. Charlie Manson and his people came to their house, cut her baby out of her stomach. They're a bunch of sadistical sadists. You know, Roman Polanski is a pedophile. Bill Clinton, the pedophile. Jeffrey Epstein, the pedophile. Prince Arthur, pedophile. Do you see where I'm going to here, folks? These people need to be locked up. I'm going to let you go, and I'll see you back here next week. And I hope you enjoyed the show. And I'm going to leave you with a song by the Smithereens called Only a Memory. Have a good weekend. Have a good Thanksgiving. Bye.